Hey, I, uh, I love getting a chance to get into the Bible and, and be able to teach. Um, I hope that I don't come across as annoying. I hope that I don't come across as like too much. I hope, I, I really hope that um, you guys pay attention because this isn't just me hearing myself talk and going, oh, that's good. I'm just going to keep saying that stuff. This is God's word, and I think that it's really incredibly important that we grab onto it and know it and, and live by it, right? So before we get started, let's just go to the Lord in prayer. If you guys want to bow your heads and close your eyes. Father, Father, we thank you um, for just the opportunity to come together again as a family, as a, as a student ministry, as a youth ministry. We just get to come and uh, worship with an amazing team. We get to, uh, to have some really fun games and activities, but Father, this is why we're here. It's for you. It's to hear your word and to listen and to grab things from it. And uh, Father, I'm praying that you would just change lives tonight. And I'm not even asking for radical changes. If that's what you're wanting to do, then, then by all means. But Father, just small nudges and, and just make your voice clearer to each and every student here. Father, I pray that you would just be, uh, be blessed, that you would be glorified, Father, in the words that I speak. I pray that you would allow me to communicate clearly, accurately, and everybody said shortly um, <laughs> as well. Father, we love you. We thank you for this time. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Okay. So, if I were to give out money to everybody here. Guys, I'm a youth pastor. I don't have extra money to give. I'm talking theoretically, okay? Like, okay? I'm just saying. I don't have a ton of extra cash, so just use your imagination, okay? SpongeBob fans are like, I, I, I know that. I heard that. Anyway, so if I put, now, now, hear me out, hear me out. Shh, shh, shh. You guys paying attention? Everybody? Cool. Awesome. Now, if I put a pile of $1 bills right here, but it's like, I'm talking like $1,000 worth of, a, of $1 bills, and it's just piled up here, okay? And I said, I'm not going to tell you that you can only take $5. I'm not going to tell you that you can only take $50. What I am going to tell you is only take what you need, right? Hold on. A lot of people are like, none of it. I don't need money. I'm radical. No, chill. <laughs> like, I get it. But like, <laughs> so if I said only take what you need, just be honest, because if I was your guys' age, I would answer honestly, who would take, who would be like, you know, I know I, like, I could, I need like maybe $5 or $10 for something, but like, I would definitely be taking $50. Who, who, come on, just be honest, Right? Who, who would be like, come on, I know I only have 15 or I only need 20, but I'm definitely taking 100. Like, come on. Like, if I had a pile and I didn't say explicitly, right, it wasn't that I said explicitly, hey, you can only take this much, but I only said take what you need, right? A lot of you would probably take the excess, you would take as much as you can, and probably on the front row, you guys would get all of the money because you're right here, right? That's how that would work for a lot of us. If we were honest, that's how it would work. But what if something crazy happened? 
What if you only needed $10, $20, you decided to take 100 you only needed the 10 or 20 so you use that that night, you go to bed, you're like, I got $80 today. I made a profit of $80, right? You wake up the next morning, your 80 bucks is gone. Vanished. And I'm not talking like somebody broke in your window and you have like a broken uh, glass everywhere and like you're like, somebody stole it. Like, I mean, like just gone, vanished, gone. <laughs> it's happened to me. You see, if all the extra money that you had was gone the next morning, it probably didn't matter how much you had when you woke up because it's gone. It doesn't matter if you had 100 extra dollars or if you had 50 extra dollars or if you had 10 extra dollars. Whatever you didn't need was gone. You probably would come back if I did it again and I dropped another $1,000 and you would probably go, last time, all the money that I had extra would disappear, so I'm really only going to take what I need. I'm really only going to take the $10. I'm really only going to take the $15. I'm really only going to take the $20. We're going to read a story here in Exodus chapter 16 um, that is really about this very thing. It's not money uh, exactly, but, but it is kind of of a similar thing. So, you guys remember what we talked about last week? Exodus chapter what? 14, yes. Exodus, Exodus 14. Um, what happened in Exodus 14? What big, awesome miracle happened? Ooh, the water, the Red Sea, the Red Sea split. Yes, that, that very thing. You see, we, we talked about how God won the victory for the Israelites, that all they had to do was basically just follow and trust him. Right? They had to just listen to what he said because even though what he said didn't really make sense. Because remember, they were like, hey, we're backed up against the sea. And he was like, hey, I don't care. Step out. And they're like, okay. And then it just began to split. It's pretty cool. You see, in Exodus 15, we're, we're, we're going to be in 16, so you got to cover the little middle section. But in Exodus 15, basically all Moses and the Israelites are doing is praising God. Really, it's just Moses, but... They're praising God. They're saying, man, this is amazing. You're, you're so mighty. You're so glorious. You, you got the glory, man. This is incredible. And God provided again because they needed water. They come to another body of water, and they taste it, and it's bitter. And so God says, hey, throw some wood in the water, and it'll make it sweet. And so he provides for them again in chapter 15. It's small. It's not as big as the, the parting of the Red Sea. But that's what happens. So now we're going to pick up in 16. It's chapter 16, verse 2. We're going to jump around. There's not as much reading. Everybody's like, yes, I don't have to read a whole chapter. Anyway, um, so here's what, here's what it says in chapter 16, verse 2. It says, in the desert, the whole community grumbled against Moses and Aaron. The Israelites said to them, if we only died by the Lord's hand in Egypt, there we sat around pots of meat and ate all the food we wanted, but you have brought us into this desert to starve the entire assembly to death. Does that sound familiar, first off? Kind of sounds, sounds familiar. It sounds like, 
exactly what they were doing when they, they saw the Egyptians coming. They were like, we're doomed. We're done. So it says, then the Lord said to Moses, I will rain down bread from heaven for you. The people are going to go out each day and gather enough for that day. In this way, I will test them to see whether they follow my instructions. The sixth day, they are to prepare what they bring in. That is to be twice as much as they gathered on the other days. So basically, they had this thing called the Sabbath. So they didn't do anything on the Sabbath. So he's like, I'm going to do double. And basically, you get to take the extra that you did, that you got and cook it. And you have it for the Sabbath so you don't have to go back out. So it says, so it says, so Moses and Aaron said to all the other Israelites, in the evening you will know that the Lord who brought you out of Egypt, you will know that it was the Lord who brought you out of Egypt, I'm sorry. And in the morning you will see the glory of the Lord because he has heard your grumbling against him. Who are we that you may grumble against us. Moses also asked, you will know that it was the Lord when he gives you your meat to eat in the evening and all the bread you want in the morning because he has heard your grumbling against him. Who are we? You are not grumbling against us, but against the Lord. I think it's really interesting that here they are coming out of these amazing miracles at the Red Sea, this, this water that gets turned into sweet water, and they're able to drink it. And they go right back to having a horrible attitude. Let me tell you, this is the first point if you're taking notes, but I want you guys to understand from this part of this section of this story, our attitudes are important. Attitudes are important. You see, the interesting thing about the complaint that they had at the beginning when they said, it's better for us to go to Egypt and die because at least we had food, right? Think about this. And I, I, I was reading this, and sometimes I, I blow my own mind in reading about the significance of something like that. Because they said it would be better for us to be in Egypt where we had food. Send us back to Egypt. Now, that made sense when they were walking in the wilderness and they hadn't, God really hadn't done anything powerful or, or, you know, that mighty. But when they said, bring us back to Egypt, what they were saying is, yeah, 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 we know you parted the Red Sea for us. We know you killed all those Egyptians who were coming after us. But we would rather it, it not even be that way. We would rather you not actually do that. We would rather just be in Egypt in the first place and none of this happened. They were negating God's hand being over them by saying the things that they were saying. But here's the cool thing. Here's the cool thing. God is gracious, right? God still says, hey, I hear your grumblings. It's not a request. It's not a prayer. I hear your grumbling, and I'm going to provide anyway. I think that it's so cool to know that he continued to act and he continued to give knowledge to the Israelites that they would know him. He continued to show himself through miracles and wonders and signs so that they would know who he was. I'm 
Moses and Aaron both say, who are we? You're not mad at us. You're mad at God. They said, listen, whatever grumbling you have, I don't have it because I've seen what he did at the Red Sea. I did what he's, I saw what he did with the water. Like, I'm not going to negate that. I'm not going to talk bad about that. I'm not going to grumble about that. He's like, this is between the Israelites and God. But despite their crummy attitude, he still sets up a plan to provide for him. How many people have had crummy attitudes toward God before? You forget what he did. Guys, our attitudes are important in our life. Don't miss out on what God is doing or will do in your life simply because of your attitude. Don't grumble against God. Don't be angry with God for silly things. I'm not saying you don't wrestle with it because sometimes like when family members pass or, or these difficult situations, you do. You want to have these real conversations with God. He's not scared of those. But when you grumble about things like, and I'm going to say this again because now I have it, but like, you know, if you're grumbling about not getting the Xbox Series X or the PS5, who's I had there? Why didn't God doing anything to me. He's not blessing me. He didn't give me a PS5. <laughs> Guys, I'm not saying don't have real conversations with God and wrestle with your faith. That's, that's fine. That doesn't scare him. But don't grumble about things that God is not concerned about. God's going to protect us and provide for us. Don't grumble about the things that he's not doing. Right? Um, so, man, I wish Tristan was here. I hope he's watching because uh, my amazing wife back there, I, I, I try to do it as much as I can. It's still, it's still really crazy. But anyway, like, I married into a pretty cool family, like, actually cool, like, uh, legitimately cool, like, their last name is cool. Like, I married into an awesome family. Um, one of the cool things about that, that family is, um, and you might see them here at the beginning or the, the end of services, um, but Macy actually has three younger siblings, right? Pastor Mike and Elisa actually reloaded. So they have a 10-year-old, a 9-year-old, and a 7-year-old. Well, she's about to be 7. And Myla, man, she is <laughs> she's awesome, dude. She's so cool. She is, she's incredible. But we, uh, we were watching all three of the kiddos uh, while Pastor Mike and Elisa were uh, in Tennessee, and there was one night, okay, like she's still six, so she throws fits every now and then. And she was kind of having a crummy attitude, right? <laughs> she was, uh, she was kind of having a bad attitude. And Macy's like, Macy's the type of like person, and I'm convinced she's going to be like this as a mom. She does not play. How many people have moms like that? They're like, oh, you're popping off. Done. Done. Go to your room. I don't care if it's 3 o'clock. Go. Right? So, like, that's kind of how Macy, that's how Macy reacts. And I love that because I'm totally not that way. Right? So, Myla's throwing a fit about something that's crazy. And we're trying to talk to her. And she's just, and Macy's like, finally, like, done. She's like, fine. We're going to go eat. We're going to go eat with Nana and Papa. And then after, I don't care what time it is, you're going to bed. She starts crying again. And she's like, oh. So then Macy got tied up in a phone call. So I got to hang out with Myla. And she was so nice. 
oh, she was so nice. Like, I can't, I can't be mad at her for too long. Like, I just can't, right? So, like, she's super sweet, and she's like, am I really going to have to go to bed? Like, no, you're not going to have to go to bed. I got you. Don't worry. We'll, we'll do this together. <laughs> so, Macy gets, so, so check this out. So, Macy gets off of her phone call, and I'm like, hey, so I know you said Milo had to go to bed, but, like, she's really good, and she's really apologetic, and she's really sorry. Can she stay up and play games with us before? Like, don't send her to bed. Come on, don't do that. And Macy's like, fine. So we, we keep Myla up, and she plays a couple rounds of a game. And then she goes to bed at her normal time. So we're like, hey, Myla, time to go. And so she starts throwing a fit all over again. And I'm like, hey, listen, you're making me look bad. Like, stop, because I vouched for you, and now you're doing the whole thing again. Like, please stop. And I know she's six, and she's a kid, but I learned something in that moment that sometimes we can look right through what awesome blessing we have or some awesome thing that happens, right? She had no reason to be up at that time. We let her stay up and hang out with us, but as soon as we put her to bed at her normal time, she freaked out all over again. She didn't even remember that we let her stay up. She thought she was still going to bed early like before. Like, you didn't realize you were playing games, not in your bed? Like, guys, don't miss out on what God is doing or the blessings that he's putting in your life simply because of your attitude. Please don't do that. Please don't let that happen. Let's go ahead and just read a little uh, more because I think it's really awesome what happens next. So uh, basically, so they tell, they tell the, the Israelites what's going on. They're like, hey, this is what we're going to do. They tell them the plan. And then it says in 13, the evening, that evening, quail came and covered the camp. Do you guys know what quail is? It's a bird. It's a bird. And what's crazy about quail is it's not actually native to the land that they were in on the, the Sinai Peninsula. It's not native to it. They would fly from Europe to Africa, and they would stop there to rest. So it's not normal that they were there. So see, God's already providing for them. It says, it covered the camp, and in the morning there was a layer of dew around the camp. And when the dew was gone... Thin flakes like frost on the ground appeared on the desert floor. When the Israelites saw it, they said to each other, what is it? For they did not know what it was. Moses said to them, is it the bread? Oh, oh, wait, sorry. Moses said to them, it is the bread. Sorry, I can't read tonight. The Lord has given you to eat. This is what the Lord has commanded. Everyone is to gather as much as they need. Take an omer for each person you have in your tent. And the Israelites did as they were told. Some gathered much and some gathered little. Hope you guys are paying attention with me. Guys, here's another really cool thing about this story that I want you to know. Is that God will still provide for us and he wants to provide for us. God desires to provide for us, no matter how messed up we are. He said, I heard your grumblings. Like, and he provides in an incredible way because, like I said, quail was not native to the land. 
quail is not a thing. It's like, oh, yeah, I love Sinai for their quail. That doesn't happen. God provided supernaturally the quail, and then he provided something they couldn't even, like, figure out what it was. It said it was like a thin layer of a bread that just kind of laid on the desert floor, and they picked it up, and they were able to eat it. Here's the, here's the crazy thing when I was looking and studying this and trying to look it out. There are some that have tried to explain it, and they really can't. They get to a certain point in scientifically trying to figure out what was the composition of this bread or whatever, and they still can't figure it out because it still stumps them. I think that that's awesome. See, God doesn't just want to provide for us, but he wants to provide supernaturally. He wants to provide in a way that's going to make people go, there's no way that that can happen. Are you guys listening? He wants to provide in a way that says, hey, there is no way that that could not be the case. There's no way that that could happen. There's no way. He blesses us supernaturally. He loves to do the impossible, and he loves to do the new in our lives, something that's never been done. God was faithful to provide the miracle for the Israelites. He was faithful for that. I don't know about you, but uh, even when I don't deserve it, God still shows up in supernatural time. But we're about to read about how you can forget about it. Sometimes, and we're, we're going to read what happens as we close, but I'm still on, a, I'm still on a, a second point. But I want you guys to, to know that he wants to provide for us, but he will not fit in our agenda or our schedule or our plan. He wants to provide for you. He wants to give you the things that you desire. He wants to help you be able to glorify him. He wants to do that. But if you're setting the boundaries and the marks and the saying, I will do this, I won't do this, that's not the way to handle it. It goes back to the attitude thing. It goes back to the attitude. It's not sustainable Sometimes we can look right through the blessing, right through that thing, and I'm kind of meshing my two points here, but we can look right through it and say, yeah, I know you're faithful to provide, but I still, like, uh, no, don't want it. Um, there's a show, <laughs> I'm going to show a clip here, but I want to lead into it, so uh, I want you guys to know what it is. Um, maybe Macy might be the only one who knows what this is. And I think it's because we watched the YouTube video of it. But uh, there was a show on MTV that was called My Super Sweet 16. Anybody ever heard it or seen it at all? Maybe, yeah. It's a terrible show, okay? It's, it's really bad. Uh, I showed Macy to laugh because it was crazy. And so basically what they would do is they would take these girls, mostly, mostly it was girls, there were some guys there too, but they would be like throwing these amazing sweet 16 parties and then they would just be like super ungrateful and super bratty. And like, you're like, I could kick you in the teeth right now. Like you're crazy, right? And so what we're, I'm actually, I got a clip because this is kind of the, the 
the culmination or the thing uh, of what we do sometimes. Sometimes we look right through the blessing, and because it's not the way we wanted it or the way we have it, we see it as, like, bad or wrong or horrible or, God, why are you doing this to me, right? And so, uh, yeah, yeah, let me, yeah, let's just show this thing. Just show the clip, please. Happy birthday. That's yours. I got a ooty, 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 watch me do my thing now. That car is dope. Uh, I thought she was going to get, like, a Honda or something. <laughs> I just got a party for my 50s. I didn't get a car. <laughs> Happy birthday. No! What the hell? I don't want my car now! Oh, Mom! My mom got me my car now. I told her not to get it. I wanted to do my party. I didn't want the car. That's not even the car you wanted. She wanted the car, but she didn't want it today. She wanted it on the day of the party. It's right now. <laughs> Yo, the, the whole, yo, the, the whole show is like that. Don't, no, I'm not going to say it again. You can watch the live stream and maybe try to, I, please, don't watch the whole thing. I'm just, just, just trust me. You don't want to see this. But listen, <laughs> okay, who's about to drive or is driving now currently? Right? Okay, Nice. Yo, if you had on your 16th birthday, like, a brand new Lexus, right, it would be nuts. Like, oh, and then you see it, like, all of her friends, all, all of her friends are like, oh, that's awesome, you got a Lexus. And she's like, it wasn't on my birthday party. She got it late or early. I don't want it. <laughs> Guys, Listen. Listen, I know that's crazy. I, I know it's crazy to look at that and go, I could never. I know it's crazy to look at that and say, I would never turn down a Lexus like that. I don't care what day it is. Give me a Lexus. I don't care. <laughs> I don't care. Give me a Lexus. Guys, sometimes we do that very thing, though, right? Seriously, there's some time that we, God gives us this amazing thing and it's wrapped in a bow, but it's not in our time or not in our plan or not in what we designed it to be. And so we throw fits and we act in disobedience and we act out. Let's see how this section ends right here in verse 19 and 20, and then um, we'll kind of get uh, closing and, and things like that. So it says this in 19 and 20. So they got what they needed, but some people didn't. It says, then Moses said to them, no one is to keep any of it until morning. In verse 20, however, some of them paid no attention to Moses, and they kept part of it until morning, but when they woke up, it was full of maggots. It's full of maggots, and it began to smell. And uh, I don't know if you have read, but they're like intense, right? So it's not like it's not like you have a lot of space to get away from the smell. <laughs> if that smell is in your tent, 
it everywhere. It is everywhere. Guys, I said what I said about God's faithfulness in, his, in him giving us blessings. I showed that clip because I want you guys to know that trust and obedience are the keys to unlocking what God has for us. We have to be able to trust and we have to be able to obey God. Everybody say trust and obey. We got to trust and obey. God was clear in his instruction, right? Only take, shh, only take what you need. Don't take any more. Don't take any less. Take what you need. That's all I want you to take. But they looked at it and they said, uh-uh. I'm going to take more, and I'm going to save it, and I'm going to hoard it because we need food, so I'm just going to save it. And the next morning, gone. Decayed. Disgusting. Horrible. In the same way that I asked about money, right? If it was just gone because you disobeyed, If only those guys in the camp, those, those ladies in the camp, would listen and trust God and listen and believe that he would provide for them daily. That's what the Lord promised them. I'm going to provide for you daily. It might not look like it's very much, and you might want to hoard it and keep it, but I promise I'm going to provide for you. I promise I'm going to give you what you need. I promise. Their distrust in God and their lack of faith, get this, it literally starved them. Literally starved them. I imagine that they didn't eat on that Sabbath. Imagine that they didn't eat on those other days when they went out there and they were looking for all of the things and they didn't listen to God and they were looking for the manna, they were looking for, for the provision and they couldn't find it because they were disobedient. They didn't have faith in God. They didn't believe that he was going to hold true to his word. Guys, in the same way and in the same manner that the Israelites didn't trust God to save them from the Egyptians, they didn't trust him to provide for him or for them either. Except they lost sight of it because he did provide. He did save them. They were grumbling that God wasn't providing and God wasn't there and God wasn't in the midst of them. And Guys, don't let your lack of trust in God keep you from experiencing him in the way that we should. Don't let your trust or lack of trust in God be the barrier that keeps you from getting his blessings and receiving his favor. In the end, he's our all in all 
He's our daily bread. And we have to submit to him. It's tough. That's rough. That's hard. We have to submit and trust that he is who he says he is. And he's going to do what he said he's going to do. Guys, with every head bowed, every eye, eye closed, I, I, I want to close. And I just want to sit and reflect on where is that relationship at? Do you trust that God is going to provide everything? For you and everything that you need, or are you sitting with a clenched fist and you're angry and you're frustrated? But in the end, it's your lack of obedience and trust. Tonight, if you would just be honest with nobody looking around, you would just be honest and say, "My, my, I don't, I don't trust God as much as I probably should." I really don't. And that's not to say you're not a Christian. That's not to say you're not saved. That's not to say any of that. It's just like, hey, I, I really don't trust God as much as I should. Thank you. Tonight, if you would look at it and you say, I just, I need like a straight up attitude change. My attitude's horrible. I can't even, I don't even know if God is even blessing me because I'm so angry with him and mad that he's not doing it in the way that I want. I can't even see it. If that's you, would you just please raise your hand and be honest and say, that's where I'm at. Thank you. Tonight, if you've never made a decision to follow after Jesus, never made a decision to give your life to the Lord, never made a decision to submit and trust and obey him. Let me tell you, God always provides. We've been talking through the Bible all the way from Genesis to Exodus now, and we'll keep going. God provided even so much so that he gave his only son to die on a cross for our sins. If you don't know that, I want you to know that. I don't want you to leave without knowing that Jesus loves you and he died for you. So tonight, if you're saying, I don't even know how to submit to him, I don't even know how to give my life to him, but I want to. I want to submit. I want to trust him. I want to obey him. I want to live my life for him. If that's you, would you please raise your hand? Thank you. Let's go to the Lord in prayer. Father, thank you so much for each and every one of these students. I thank you for these leaders. I thank you for the parents that are here. Father, I ask that wherever we're at in our walk, wherever we're at in our relationship with you, we might not even have one. Father, I pray that you would reveal yourself and continue to reveal yourself as true as faithful, as honest. I pray that you would 
show yourself in a clear way to each of these students who desperately want more from you. Father, I ask that if there's been any disobedience, if there's been any ungratefulness in our heart, any attitudes that need to change, I pray that tonight we would begin the shift to change them. I pray for radical changes as well. I pray for changes overnight, even now. Father, you would just begin to change and renew hearts and minds in these moments. Father, you're a supernatural God. You want to provide for us. You want to set us up to give you glory, but we can't do that if we don't even see it. So, Father, I pray that each of us would just be so intentional about looking to you and hearing from you and obeying you, submitting ourselves to you. We thank you for all of the work that you have done, the way you've shown yourself to us, Father, the way you speak through your word. We're so humbled and honored to be able to be able to, to study it, read it, sit in it, <laughs> just to be able to, to be with you. We love you. We give you all of the glory, all of the honor, all of the praise in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen.